What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Volume. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Monday, May 10th. Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. We've got a jam-packed show talking about the triple-double king, talking about the Nets, talking about the NBA's role in Zion's injury, talking about the big Canelo fight, as well as a bunch of other random stuff. As always, Jenkins and Jones is hosted by my good friends, Bernie Williams, a.k.a. Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Reporting and, from the dark, <laughs> from the wilderness. <laughs> Captain America, a.k.a. Oh. Jethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. Hello, Bubba. How you doing, Mikael? I'm, I'm your host. I'm going to say I'm your host, Dan Levitard, a.k.a. Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. But I, that, is that like illegal? She, am I impersonating a competitor? I don't know, man. Get that cease and desist in the mail, you feel me? It's uh, it's the lookalikes episode of uh, Jenkins and Jones. Thanks so much for tapping in. Uh, I hope all the beautiful mommies had a, a beautiful mommy's day. Yes, indeed. We're, record- we're recording this on Mother's Day, so I know that's what we're all thinking about. And Tyler is literally recording from the dark because the allergies have him so fucked up. That I was the- talking all that shit about pollen last weekend, and those motherfuckers heard that shit. Right. I've caught the wrath. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ursa was like, oh, you was talking shit, huh? <laughs> I'm going to show you plant cum. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, Earth was like, oh, you was talking shit? <laughs> right in my fucking right. eye. Right. We all know you right get a little, your eye. You get a little you bit in your right eye. eye. <laughs> and Fuck's he was distraught when you got on camera, bro. Right. I, I was like, yo, my, I, like, Tyler, you, you like, what, 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 what you saying? Like, you, you had your head down and shit, bro. bro. I just, I just been popping Benadryls and hibernating in the darkness this whole weekend, and I've turned that motherfucking ring light on. I was like, I, I like audibly hissed when that shit came on, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking vampire or something, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the light, the light, the light is blinding. <laughs> right. Oh shit, bro. Got it in your eye, bro. You know, got me. You're gonna be hella light skinned by the end of this weekend. <laughs> Pale as fuck. <laughs> you look like Sammy Solstice instead of instead of Bernie, bro. <laughs> shit. Uh all right. Uh we're hey, we're rounding the home stretch of this uh terrible regular season for the NBA. And we're all excited for the playoffs. But the, the one storyline, the most underappreciated storyline this season, the most underappreciated storyline of the last four years, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook, the triple double king, officially tied Oscar Robertson with his 181st career triple double Saturday night. He has a chance to break the NBA's record. He has four more games in the regular season, including the Hawks on Monday night. Um, what is there's been sort of this pushback against the narrative around Russ over the last couple of weeks as he's approached this record. You've heard him. You've heard Scott Brooks. You've heard Russ friendly people in the media say, why have we not appreciated this more? What he's done over the last couple of seasons? Because, you know, sports talk is never about getting shit right. It's people who want to be right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the whole, just be honest. A lot of motherfuckers wrote Russ off for dead at the top of the season. Shit. I was kind of leaning that way too. You know, he mm. didn't look like himself at the first half of the season, but he hit a different gear after like all-star break. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's probably him and Steph. You could say are the best point guards after all-star break this season. And, and, you know, it's, it, it's like I said, it's just people who don't want to admit that, Hey, we were wrong about this guy. We probably buried him a bit prematurely. I just think people don't like Russ for some reason. That too, yeah. I think he's never got the love he deserved as a player. You know, we always found reasons to shit on Russ. You know what I mean? And not enjoyed. I mean, even the MVP season, there's people saying that you know that the the, the all the 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 triple doubles he had, you know, it was it was it was selfish. As if like like who the fuck was he playing with, bro? You know what I mean? Like they find reasons to shit. You know what I mean on, on what he's done. So I that's I think that's the reason people just don't want to see. Russ win for some reason. Like you said, Tyler, people have said they were he was bad and they want to continue with that narrative instead of just admitting, yo, yo, Russ still has it. And he's been a solid play. He's been a he's a great. He's a great. Obviously breaking this fucking record. I think he deserves more respect, not just in the last four or five years, but his career as a whole. Well, I, I mean, I think everyone thought the triple double record was one of the untouchable records right. in sports for, for, for someone to average it over one season. And he's now, I believe it's the four year span he's averaged. <laughs> <laughs> it over which is absolutely insane but you i think you're exactly right we just narrativized in a weird way harden kd and russ all got reputations when they were together on the thunder that have just stuck with them and i don't know what it was about that moment in time but you consider everything you know kevin durant <laughs> has done since then and you still see people constantly like 
Well, you never won it. Like he needed to win a, a ring with the thunder for it to count to some people. Like Russ needs to win a championship for averaging a triple double to quote unquote count. Like that just doesn't make any fucking sense in a league where the same four guys win the championship 18 out of 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris Paul's one of those guys too, that just doesn't get the love that they deserve. You know what I mean? Like what he's done, like, oh, in the last three or four years, you know what I mean? Like every team he goes to is so much better and people will talk about it, but like it's, it's ignored by a lot of the fans, which is wild to me. He's a hundred years old and what fucking team, six foot. What team that, would that Russ- man got, that man got Clint Capella, $90 million off that pick and roll for that one season, bro. Like, right? <laughs> he ain't done shit since. You feel yeah. me? We ain't heard his name since that season. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Crazy. What team would Russ have had to have averaged a triple double for this year for like the national media to have been like, wow, the second act of Russell Westbrook. Like, uh, like if I he'd have gone to the Celtics or something, you know what I mean? Like, don't you feel like if he'd gone to a, a different market, he might've been hailed with a little bit more like love and respect. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can definitely see that, that it would be way more of an appealing story if he threw the Celtics on his back rather than the wizards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think anyone gives a shit about the wizards playoff push really, but yeah, except for Adam. I, I definitely think if he was in a different except place, for our you know, producer, like Adam. Our producer like, Adam. Sorry, know, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Except for Adam. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know, he, he had a quote during this whole thing that I thought was perfect. It's just like, if it was easy to just be selfish and average a triple double, someone else in the last 40 years would have done it, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I, if you talk to any actual basketball people, they'll tell you like for anyone who thought that was selfish or stat padding, the structure of, of every offense he's been in, if it's intelligent has been built around his speed and his athleticism. And the best thing you can do is instead of waiting for a six foot 11 dude to catch a rebound give it to Russ and then start lumbering down the court. Pew, pew, pew. Let him get the rebound. Everyone else has already had a second and a half head start running down the court. And now you have one of the fastest players in NBA history with still strength and athleticism charging down the court. Like that's the offense. But there are people who are just like, oh, it's just selfish. Like he's hogging all the rebounds. (laughs) I think people say he's selfish because he doesn't give a fuck about people. He just cares about the people that matter to him. And that's yeah. how people should really live. I respect the hell out of how he moves. You know, he's very loyal. He's not like the fans or everything. No, he doesn't. We don't hear Russ saying that because I don't think he, you know, lauds the fans like other players do. He actually just cares about the people that are in his life. And I think people assume that is selfish when it's really just prioritizing. You know what I mean? Russ has just always been about, about people that the people that are around him, taking care of them. You know, the people that have been there the whole time. We don't see them, you know. And I think people take that as as an, like, they take offense to that because he's not, you know, super friendly to strangers. He's not on Twitter telling everyone how much he doesn't care about people's opinions. Right. He's just right. not caring exactly. about people's He just opinions. doesn't act. He actually doesn't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? And it's, I think people don't like that. And I, I think it's great that I can say yeah, something that's give it. a fuck about me. Because fuck me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You don't yeah, know like, me, dog. Like, like one of the most moving stories I heard was about when Russ was in high school and his best friend died and Russ went to his best friend's house and did his, uh, went to his best friend's house and, you know, worked things out with his mom where he would do that, his best friend's chores every weekend, you know, to help her out. Like, that's the type of person that Russ is, you know, to, to build on your point, John. And he gives, and dude, like, also like, he, like, when it comes to, you know, when people are in need, he's always giving, mm-hmm. but he's just not a, like, 
hey, you're a fan. I love, you know what I mean? Right. Like he'll, he'll also call a fan out. They being a fuck nigga because they should be called out instead of just being like, this is what fans do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he moves how people should move. And because people don't move that way, they don't like it. You know exactly, I mean? exactly. Like, like when Nip passed, like we saw all these pictures that we've never seen before of Russ helping Nip, Nip out during like food drives and, and, and stuff, stuff in the community. And we never heard about it from Russ because Russ ain't that type to tell us. You know what I mean? Right. He just does it. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, I, I think he's great. I, 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 as, a, as a human, I think he's solid. As a basketball player, I respect the fuck out of his game. And I'm glad he proved me wrong. I thought he was washed this year. Yeah, I did. Flat too. out. And I'm glad he proved me wrong. You know what I mean? So good for Russ. Um, I think it, 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 you always have to credit um, where people come from. And his father, Russell Westbrook Sr., his mother, Shannon Westbrook, they both had job jobs his whole <sighs> life. You know yeah. what I mean? And neither of them quit when Russ got rich. And, they, you know, I think his dad had a, made a comment to someone along the lines of this is being passed me from someone who knows them. What, what, am, what do I look like living off my son? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, of course, he wants to, you know, and I'm sure they're, they go on nice face. I'm sure they're living sure. a very comfortable life at this point. But um, I just thought that was, that's a, that's a powerful statement. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, I'm not about to be out here asking myself for money. <laughs> Russ wasn't accidentally Russ. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, that. Yeah. Because I ain't gonna lie to you. I get an NBA son, <laughs> bro. I'm kicking my motherfucking feet up. I don't give a fuck. You, yeah, son is gonna take care of me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me down. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you get an NBA son, yeah. I'm also gonna be kicking my feet. Up. For real, everybody eats, bro. That's oh, my nephew, shit. bro. You know. <laughs> well, let's hope he ain't a role player or something, bro. <laughs> you know? Hey, you got you know a big I mean? boat. You're pulling a big boat, bro. Right, we need, we right, right. We, we need about 17 years in the league at this man. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. Uh, At least the, the other, Clarkson type, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we minimum. That. We need minimum. six men of the year minimum. We need that minimum. <laughs> Boys is living good out here. I got a lot of golf to play, buddy. <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay, other big story from the NBA over the uh, the weekend. The Nets uh, had what looked – I mean, they had the same thing the Lakers did. They had what looked like it might have been a get-right game against a, a Nuggets team that was missing <laughs> – you know, Jamal Murray. I don't, I feel the same way with the Nets as I did about the Lakers. I watched that game and I thought this Nets team looks like they're about ready, you know, for the playoffs. But I felt the same thing about the Lakers. <laughs> well, they played they've a lost team four that four or five, haven't they? The Nets, yeah, have? they lost four in a row before yeah. they played the Nuggets, uh, to snap that skid. Uh, KD with 33, uh, Kyrie with 30, 31. But I think more, more importantly, they were down by I want to say it was 13 points, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of turned it on you're always waiting for that turn it on moment before the playoffs so what do you think about the nets you think they're ready you think they're ready to go or you think they're gonna kind of muddle they're it up ready a little bit harden. as they're trying to find chemistry they're not ready without harden you know what i mean like if they don't have yeah. harden's the most important player on their team they don't have harden they're not as dominant they gave up a lot to give harden and they needed harden to play you know what i mean so they'll be good i don't think they win the east without Harden. i don't and it might not even be close yeah but but harden's due to come back for the playoffs but um you know, like I've been saying all season, it's it, it takes a lot for teams to mesh together, especially during that first year, regardless of how loaded that roster is. But, you know, um, I mean, I mean you got a big three of Kyrie, Harden, and KD, right? I mean, it's, they're going to get pretty far in the playoffs. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they don't come out the East, though. They've only played seven games together or something wild yeah. like that, bro. <laughs> like all three. Well, They've I think had this no is, time together. The, 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 if you apply the logic that I think all three of 
us follow that um, you need number one talent is more important than anything else. But then number yeah. two, you need the time together and the chemistry and that that's also really important. Doesn't look great for the Lakers. Doesn't look great for the Nets. I mean, Sixers, obviously if that guy's missing is the, the Clippers are the team that have probably played the most games together. Yes. I think they have. I think they have. I think uh, of like the best players, like, you know, PG and fucking Kawhi, they've had the most time together. So might be let's, yes, let's not a Clippers summer though. <laughs> <laughs> let's not <laughs> the world here deserves better right? to start the roaring 2020s. With a Clippers fucking shit, bro. I don't know. Um, other the, the other story, I really want to talk about this because it ties into what we've been talking about with injuries in the NBA. And I, I'm not sure that it's correct to blame all injuries on the NBA, but Zion Williamson uh, broke his finger. Um, it was a, a serious fracture, not not one of the ones that you just kind of tape it up or whatever, but um, blunt trauma, repetitive, you know, force injury. Um, CT scan on the left hand revealed a, a serious break. Um, the Pelicans are saying this is not a freak injury from a freak athlete who plays hard in the paint, that this is the NBA's fault. Uh, David Griffin said, quote, I'm really frustrated because this was avoidable. We told the NBA through every means available to us, through sending in film, through speaking to everybody in the officials department and everyone in basketball operations, that the way they were officiating Zion was going to get him injured. And quite frankly, he's injured because of the open season that there's been on Zion Williamson in the paint. There is more violence encouraged in the paint against him than any player I've seen since Shaquille O'Neal. It was egregious then, and it's egregious now. What do you think? I think it's wild that he says that, <clears throat> being that he's coached Brian. <laughs> I mean, right. that, he's, that he's been the GM door, you know, you know, uh, while 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 Brian played for the Cavs. But yeah, I think that's. But I mean, I don't know if that's a fact, but I know he had to say that. Yeah, and he should say that. You know, what I mean, to protect his player. You know, Zion. We don't. They don't know how to ref Zion yet. He's so fucking strong, and he does get hit a lot. So he had, there's some facts in there. I don't think he's Shaquille O'Neal pummeled where Shaquille had two people hanging off of him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he'd be called for the offensive foul and sometimes, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. But uh, I mean, I, I, there's, there's some fact in there. I, it's, is it, is it really blunt? It's a hand though. It's, it's his ring finger. Isn't it, is it his, his ring finger? Like it, that seems like a, a little extra. Well, I mean, he is a power dribbling, drop stepping motherfucker, right? So, so if he's repeatedly doing that, and you know, of in five games and seven days and shit, I can kind of see the point there. But I mean, like, it's a like a ring finger doesn't need somebody to hit it eight times for it to fuck up. You feel me? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if like throughout the the year, it's not like your feet where you're using them every moment. You know what I mean? Like. He said, I mean, you usually think of, you know, bones or freak accidents, you know, the soft tissue tends to be more yeah, so right, the, right. The repetitive stuff. And that, uh, that was, I, I raised my eyebrows at that because when he, it was Griffin who said it was, you know, repetitive um, injury. And I, I'm thinking, you don't usually hear that from medical doctors about, right, <laughs> about right. bones. You know what I mean? He made it seem um, like he was getting like hammer fists to his fuck, you know, like, so that's some UFC shit that he, the way he was talking about it. And I'm like. <laughs> That was kind of odd, but, you know, I mean, the refereeing, I, I get that. Tyler, how do you think they should be officiating Zion? I mean, I, I, John said he doesn't know that they figured it out. Like, I, what's the what's the answer to that? Because it's Zion. It's not like Zion's being gentle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Against exactly, like, exactly. He has a powerful game. 
exactly. It's, you know, I, I feel like, I, I feel like they'll never figure it out. I don't think they fully figured out how to officiate Braun in fucking 17, 18 years. They never figured out how to officiate Shaq. I don't think they're going to figure out how to officiate Zion. If he gets fouled, call the fucking foul. That's how they should officiate him. They haven't figured it out, which is weird. If Braun gets hit, call the motherfucker. If Zion get hit, call the mother. It's not their fault that they're stronger than other people. That's that, that that is so weird to me with Shaq and Braun and people like that. that that's it. I don't, bro. Call the fucking foul. You know what I mean? There's a difference though between being strong and using your strength. And both Braun and Zion use their shoulders, use their strength in ways that if other players did it would be called offensive fouls. In I my don't opinion. think so. I don't think you don't so. think so. No, I don't think so. You don't, don't think, think so. nope. you don't think they let bro. I like, think they, they, you don't think they let Zion get into someone's chest with his shoulder more than they would. If that was, if that was a wing, I think that it's was actually called more. Dude. I think it's actually called more because they're so much stronger and motherfuckers just explode when they hit their ass. You feel me? <laughs> That man almost killed Tyler Hero. Yeah, Bron almost killed Tyler <laughs> Hero that, that, that one play last season. Tyler Hero looked like he got shot out that moment. Right. <laughs> and if another, if, 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 if Jordan Clarkson would have hit his ass, you know, we might not even have noticed the shit. You know I'm what not I mean? Say, I'm not saying they don't call offensive fouls. I'm saying Bron's spin move in the paint is using his strength in a way that's different from the way that another NBA player would be using his body. That's you know a what I mean? spin move in the paint, and he just happens to be strong. And other niggas ain't as strong, bro. You know, I, I remember there was one time when I went to the fucking lane, and there was a big motherfucker in the lane. And Who I was and probably weighed half off. of what Braun weighs. Yep. Oh, <laughs> and, and I ha- weigh half of what these other regular niggas in the league are. I'm, I'm, I'm an actual regular human. I'm not a regular basketball player. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, and, and, and I, I exploded when I hit him. You know what I mean? There was no foul. I mean, if anybody else was there, like, you know what I mean? Like, dog, it's they're just stronger, and it's not their fault. And if they get hit, they should get called. They, the foul should get called. You know what I mean? I, think, I do think this started with Shaq, and it's going to be more dramatic now that when you have players that are really strong and who play strong, who play physically, and you're in a league that is increasingly discouraging contact, that is calling more incidental contact on the perimeter, that is – I mean, you look at some of the follow-through fouls that you see on jump shooters. The league does not want people hurt. They don't really want people bumping. They want three-pointers and run-out dunks. That's what the league wants, right? That's not I mean, you have 280-pound freaks in it, but that's true. But, true. I mean, but it's true. That's the way that the game is officiated. Then you put in dudes that are like, I am going to dunk through your face. Giannis is going to Giannis fucking... <laughs> that motherfucker you know what i mean it's gonna naturally create a tension on how those dudes are officiated so i i guess i would agree with john that i don't i think it's a pro it's a structural problem i don't know how they're gonna address that next year because you can't call ticky tack fouls bro no i mean <laughs> but, but if it's a dude there's sometimes brian gets beat the fuck up and i i've I, I like dude jordan was stronger and more athletic than everybody you know what i mean but, like, Braun is this big domineering dude, and he'll get beat the fuck up. And we, we've seen it. We're like, this is this, he's the most unprotected great I've ever seen. You know what I mean? I, I mean, no, like, dude, I just don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to see him at the free They were doing some wild shit to Shaq. They were doing some wild shit to Shaq. But Shaq was yeah. basically Shaq, invulnerable. Shaq was the, 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 right, 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 right. He was the actual invincible. He deserved that name. Unlike the invincible guy that we know, you know what I mean? But <laughs> no, like, yo, but yo, Shaq, I mean, dude, that, what, what was that? Dudley, 
where he lifted Dudley up yeah. with his shoulder, then dunked on him, swung him, <laughs> and threw the ball, <laughs> and pushed the ball. And Dudley was this how this how disrespectful is what Dudley threw the ball at him, knowing that he would get pummeled if it is actually one on one. But he was just so disrespected, he had he to respond, bro. That's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, and he lifted him up in the air with his shoulder before he boomed on his ass. You feel me? Like, well, I get it. I get it. I get it. But dog, there was a lot of times he was getting beat the fuck up and they didn't call shit either. But and, and Brian ain't but the Shaq, thing is, dog. Brian ain't no Shaq. But, Neither is motherfucking Zion. You feel me? But the thing is, will any NBA player say that they believe that they're officiated correctly? Like, we've seen James fucking Harden, the most whistle-friendly dude in the league, complain about how he's refereed, you know? After 20 so I don't know. fucking free throws in a game or something, right. you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm more shocked. Well, not shocked, but it's like, I think people think that I've never seen an NBA player. I've seen, like, maybe four that have filed somebody and actually admitted it. You'll see somebody maul somebody. Look at, to this, look at, look, look at the ref like, what? Bro, his head is eight feet away from his fucking shoulders, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy. Don't yeah, Tim, listen to Tim Lakers. Duncan was another one who. You said, go ahead, go ahead. Tim Duncan was another one. Tim Duncan was another one who never committed a foul in his life. Ooh, if you ask him, like the that's cast. the only time we right. <laughs> Calm, you know, super cool demeanor, never complains. The only time we'd see him whine is about a foul call. Sheesh. Anyway, uh, big fight over the weekend, Canelo. Uh, Taking down Billy Joe, aka Joe, aka Billy Billy, Joe, aka Billy Joel, uh, (laughs) a British Billy Billy Joe, which is I didn't know that happened, but it it does apparently. Boy, Bubba, I didn't. I I thought that motherfucker was from like Kentucky when I when I saw who he was. That's (laughs) a fucking Kentucky ass name. That is cultural appropriation. How is that a man a a Manchester upon Abbey Hills ass name? That's right. You're Billy. You're British, bro. You should be like, like. like Barrington or some shit. <laughs> you are William Joseph if you are from England. Yeah. If you are from Kentucky, yeah. you're Billy Joe, bro. Billy Joe? Yeah. He probably he probably was always William Joseph, but he wanted to make himself more, you know, palatable to Americans, you know, in boxing. <laughs> so now he's Billy Joe. Because I, 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 well, he's been served DJ. up for American audiences now. Uh, what, you, what did you, what did y'all think of the fight? I just love somebody. Did you see when he was talking, when he was making fun of the, the Mexican uh, reporter? When he was like, you know, the reporters asked him questions. He, and before, like, every answer, he'd be like, your breast smells like shit. And then he would, like, like he was uh, like, mocking him. He was talking shit about Canelo for three years. And Canelo, when I asked about it, he was like, he talked, he talked for a while. Now he has to step up and fight me. And I love the fact that he broke his fucking face <laughs> with, like, a half a round left. Four broke broke orbital bone. A the eye he broke his eye and face in four places. It is like a abs, a complete rupture. They say, and then after he did it, he paused and waved on the crowd, hit him some more, waved <laughs> the crowd on again, and then toyed with a championship a champion boxer in the ring for another minute. And and like dude, that's the most pettiest shit I've ever seen. I'm gonna play with this fuck nigga, and I'm gonna go sit down and know he ain't gonna get off that stool. And prior to him losing that fight, he said he would never, he would always go out on the shield. But you basically got to knock him out to win. I, jaw, whatever, I'm fighting through it. Nigga didn't happen, and you got to shut the fuck up and sit your ass on the steel. Because, bro, <laughs> like, that motherfucker. Hey, Canelo, that ain't the one to talk shit to, bro. That ain't the one, dog. He do whatever the fuck he want to. You feel me? Crazy. 
Tyler, what I, actually, you of the fight? I, I actually didn't see the fight, but you know, the backstory. I'm always a fan of people who talking shit and then getting their ass beat. So go Canelo. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, but dude, I, I know people that like I, I know people that like train with Canelo and work work with them or whatever. And they said that motherfucker, like, he'll work out, go play golf, come back and work out again. Like he he kind of like he doesn't run, he doesn't run as much anymore. He's really like created a cheat code, bro. He's cracked the code for boxing, bro. And he just get in there and just dominate. And the dude, he, dude like, the, the guy was, these dudes are so much bigger than Canelo. You know what I mean? Reach, and it seems like in weight, you know what I mean? And he's just pummeling their ass. So, I, I love him. He's, he's one of my favorite boxers ever, bro. And I Billy think he's Joe learned was, so much from that Mayweather fight. Billy Joe was like 5'11", and Canelo was like 5'7", right? Right, yep, Billy yeah. Joe was 5'11". He looked, he looked huge. I'm like, that nigga might. I thought that nigga was like six fall in there, but you know, standing up next to Canelo. And Canelo beat that man down, brought the axe out and chopped his ass up. You feel me? How would you feel to break a nigga face? <laughs> like you didn't just you broke the man face and made him quit in between, in betwixt in Britain. <laughs> Based upon Billy Joel, you know, in betwixt the round, bro. This motherfucker in in between, like in between rounds, this motherfucker. I just can't do it no more, dog. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> he gotta just he gotta he he needs to just fall off the stool and pretend he's knocked out. You know what I mean? Like right. He should have <laughs> fell down once he got bro. If your face is broken, you're knocked out, bro. You know what I mean? There's no reason, you know what I mean? But like dog. I have a I have a gross orbital bone story for you. This is why we we've we used to talk about this on the show before it was with a uh before we were with the volume podcast network, but like all three of us have had a, a history. We've all hung the gloves up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for me, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I think right after we graduated college, um, got into a fight at a bar and got his orbital bone broken and to completely changed the way I think about violence in the world. <laughs> What was had to have surgery where his they had to take his eyeball out and like rest it on his cheek in order to oh get everything corrected. And uh, when he was explaining all this to us, we were like, oh, like, let's transition to brunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't go out at night anymore. We get day drunk. OK, what 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 did he start the fight? No. Just a dude who was and that that was part of it was like we were all about to you know, we just graduated college. We're starting to calm down. We're starting to turn the temperature down a little bit. And it was yeah, just yeah, some yeah. shit we're on the perimeter of and some dude just you know decided he had a punchable face and total cheap shot. Like oh but it was just that thing of like, oh okay, the one moment can protect I mean he could have he really easily could have died. You know I what I mean? You, I like, think if you oh, do I'm something sure. like that, it should you should legally just be able to decide if you want to kill that person or not. If you kill that person that did that to you, right. it should be legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you sleep me and break my face, nigga, it almost I kill right. you, you earned it. I don't if give a fuck what the law says. If they have to take my <laughs> eyeball out of my face <laughs> and do just, surgery, <laughs> just say it right. And if I buck your ass after that, I think that should be legal. <laughs> the jury should be like, well, I get that. He, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's, if he got to get his eyeball taken out, laying on his cheek. There's a law of the land and there's a law of biology. You know you what I mean? Me? Yes. Right. I, but yes, Bro. fully agree. I'm just, I'm just so glad that I, I'm beyond the age of where 
possibly fighting when I went out is something that was a very distinct possibility, right? Like you were, we were kind of on go at all times in our twenties when we went out, right. like, 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 you know, always had your neck on a swivel, not knowing who was going to fuck with you or whatever. And I'm so glad those days are behind me, bro. Ooh. I can't believe that was so normal to, to us in our twenties. We were in college, like fight music. When, when did you go out and a fight didn't break out? You know what I mean? Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Throw your hood up, nigga. Okay, like let me get my ass to You're a encouraging wall. me so, to throw right. my hood up? Right, right. So I let me get my ass to the wall so I don't, you know what I'm saying? I know what's in front of me. You feel me? <laughs> At that time. You know what I mean? Like, and that was just like, and then the song would change, and then we go back to regular shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was just an understood part of going out. That you know what I mean? That you could get, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A fight could break out. And and it's that's a Yes, I'm glad we passed. We, that. we were. I was just talking about this with Shara. We went to the uh, Dodgers Angels game last night, and there was like two groups behind us: drunk group of Dodgers fans, drunk group of Angels fans, both in the early 20s. And you know, I mean, they they were they were. It was that thing. It's the in between, right? They were in the in between for the whole game, where you're just like. And I was thinking, I was talking to Shara, thinking about it the whole time. Like, I'm so glad I'm 30 in my 30s with kids. And it's just like, I just, there's no expectation that I would participate in this. And there's a certain level of respect of like, all right, we're four rows back. This is not going to spill down onto the five year old. Right, 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 right. And there's something like mentally draining about that shit that for, I mean, you go back, it go into when you're like hit puberty through the end of your 20s. So for like 15, 20 years, you're just like at any moment you're at a movie. Th- I mean, we used to go to the movie theaters in Long Beach yeah. and half the time a fight broke out. You right, know what right, I mean? right, 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 right. Like constant like, well, maybe I'm going to go have a fun time with my friends or maybe I'm going to go have a fun time with my friends where we're jumping up and down on someone. <laughs> 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 you know Treat somebody's face like a trampoline. <laughs> Goddamn. Boing. Goddamn. Off a nigga face, bro. Bro, like that shit. No, none of that shit is sweet, dog. I don't want no part of that no more. I think we felt like we had something to prove back then, all right? We were kind of getting older. We felt like we, you know, yeah. what what is a man? We're trying to figure that out for ourselves. And none of that has anything to do with being <laughs> a man, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, there's times you got to protect your people for sure. But like, like if we can avoid that and just be peaceful, that's by far the you know decision that needs to be made. You know what I mean? Stressful time to be a father of an almost eight year old. I'll tell you that clock is ticking. Oh right. You know I what was, I mean? What's really wild too, being older is like, and actually like going to boxing gyms and sparring and shit, is seeing the people that are really good at fighting, and a lot of them don't look like they're good at fighting. So I, 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 so like it made me realize how many times I almost really did get my ass whooped because it could have been this square ass nigga that would have drugged my ass up and down the street. You feel me? <laughs> up and down Eastfield Drive. You know what I mean? Give me, you know what I mean? But like, you don't really know who got hand hands. You know what I mean? That motherfucker might have on some, you know, some, 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 I don't know, some new, some new balance running shoes. You know what I mean? (laughs) With some, with some, what's right. With some motherfucking, uh, uh, express jeans. You know what I mean? Boot cut. (laughs) And will bust your whole ass. A pair of license to carry hands. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, bro. Like fighting the UFC gyms and shit like that, bro. Like the, the people were always the kindest dudes that were wrecking folks in the octagon, bro. Because they're never trying to prove anything. They you don't have, they have nothing to prove. We felt like we had something to prove, and thank God we didn't run into somebody that didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Thank God I never ran to somebody that did it. Because now experiencing that, bro, like, bro. Like you said, you know, license hands. <laughs> they, yeah. they had to license their hands. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over under, and it's available in all 50 states so you can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over under and sign up now if you haven't done so already. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to $5,000. Age and local restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, we had some painting done. We are able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we were really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie gets the difficulties that come with home projects. Why not make it as simple as possible to tackle that project? Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. 
Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Um, I'm going to try and do a better job of bringing us weirder sports stories because I think that's something all three of us enjoy. I woke up to this news today, which is that the winner of the Kentucky Derby has basically tested positive for horse steroids. <laughs> but don't they all use horse steroids? So hold on, Bob Baffert, who's like you know the legendary uh, uh, trainer, you know, like he's been killing the Kentucky Derby like a Braun or a Tom Brady or whatever. His horse, Medina Spirit, won, but uh, has tested positive for betamethasone, uh, which is a corticosteroid, and he tested way positive for way more of it in his system than is allowed. He's the only horse to test positive for that steroid. Uh, so Bob Baffert is now going to be uh, banned from entering horses at Churchill Downs for uh, – so he's been suspended while they investigate it, so it could end up in a lifetime ban. Lifetime? But that's crazy. Hey, that what? That's crazy though. You you're giving steroids to horses, bro. Don't I thought they all got roids. I thought like it was like bodybuilding. Like we all know these folks on roids, but you know, like we just kind of ignore the fact that they look. It, like- it, it, it sounds like he exceeded the amount that was allowed. Okay, okay. Mike just read. <laughs> he had so twenty one picograms. Of he got the adamethasone in his system. Yeah. <laughs> With that motherfucker, that, that motherfucker was like. <laughs> 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 Running with a hard dick. <laughs> Sprinting down the track, peaking, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that horse is on roids. That, that's more than normal. When his nuts are dragging behind him like a wagon. <laughs> and he's smoking everybody. Oh shit! Yes, that's I more love than it. like you said the three picozoids. That, that, <laughs> that is normal for him. I just <laughs> love the idea that a sport that's contingent on little people riding on horses to see which one of them goes the fastest. It's like, well, this is unnatural. They gave him right. too many picograms of betamethasone. <laughs> <laughs> aren't aren't like the people that use your like what are they called the ones that the racers jockeys jockeys aren't they like 
pro, like they're they do wild shit like not to eat and like to, to keep stunt their, their growth. Right, yeah. yeah, so everything's are terrible, bro. Dude, that that fucking shit particularly is horrible. And somebody's getting banned from that. How horrible of a human are you to get banned from that, dog? <laughs> Damn, bro. Like, bro, they're stunting the growth of humans. You know what I mean? You like that, like, and you get banned from this fucking sport. Crazy. Tough scene. He's gonna have to give that wreath back ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> Hand over that wreath, that I'm rose like, incarnation wreath. You are I'm a disgrace like, to the sport. <laughs> How much bread do you get from that shit? Is there like a lot, a, a lot of money? Yeah, si siring is where the money comes in. Like if you have a, you know, selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and this might, and, yeah, and, and, and this might not even fuck up that sire bag. I don't know how shit would work, but I'll, I don't know. I think if you have a horse that even placed with juicing, you'd probably be like, hey, come, you know, impregnate That's still a cold horse, one. right? What's yeah, crazy yeah. is I was reading about this horse that it was not like from one of the premier lineages, which this dude, like he bought this horse at an auction for super cheap and they were using it to, uh, I forget what the term is, but it's terrible. So one of the ways horse racing is unnatural is that horses are pack animals. So you actually have to break them of their genetic instinct to run alongside the other horses mm -hmm. to convince them to run out in front by themselves because mm. they're hardwired to think if I do that, something's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. So you use other you use lesser horses to kind of break the to like, no, beat this dude's ass until you feel comfortable running away from other horses. So that's mm -hmm. what this horse was supposed to be. The horse that got its ass beat, but it kept beating all the other horses. It was a <laughs> horse, and then it became a hoss. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, no, this ain't the horse. This the hoss, nigga. You feel what I'm saying? Shit. All That's right, we have, a, we have a great debate about, uh, about the classic bop, Kiss of Life by Sade. Oh, man. <laughs> John brought this up on Twitter, and we decided we needed to discuss it on the podcast. Is the Kiss of Life referring to a smooch upon the lips or a smooch upon the vagina i think on your really thoughts. smooch should only be used when you're smooching the vagina you know what i mean because that's because <laughs> you really be smooching you know what i mean that's smooching and scooching that's a smooch like a motherfucker dog you know what i mean like what you when you kissing kissing on the lips what you do you know it's a totally different thing but i i, I just i whether it's you know what i'm saying the mouth or the nether regions, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's amazing that that man had that much power. She called the song, the kiss of life. That's what he gave her, she says. You know what I mean? Just like you did, and then this, 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 this is Sade, bro. Like that's who you, like bro, I, 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 walking around like that, like you couldn't tell me shit. You know what I mean? I would let everybody know I gave her the kiss of life. That kiss of life, that's me, my nigga. You feel me? Get that tatted on my forehead, nigga. You feel me? Like I'm the kiss yeah. of life dude. Right. I the kiss of life dude across my fucking forehead, bro. Fuck everything. Fuck jobs, all that, nigga. Like, you feel me? Crazy. But I, I thought it, I didn't know it was a I mean, it's more fun, you know, the lower smooch. I just assume I just assumed, I mean. What would a kiss on the mouth that would inspire? I mean, you know, she might be crazy, bro. But, you, but yeah. listen, bro, you know, sometimes that mouth kiss go crazy. Then you, you know, you can feel the, the, the pulse when you touch down. To have someone talk about, he led me to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So, 
Yeah, I always thought it was, it was some metaphorical shit. Like she was saying, you know, um, you know, you came along and you made my life worth living. But you know, the pussy eating theory is more fun. So you know, I think that's worth examining. Maybe he kissed her and the pussy. So sign me up. Sign me up for the for for the cooch. Yeah, sign me up for the cooch smooch talk. <laughs> cooch smooch, you know what I mean? But no, nah, for real. Maybe he kissed her and the coochie got that heartbeat. And that's what you're talking about—the kiss of life. Because you know, I'm talking about when that motherfucker be do 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 do. You feel me? You do you know what I'm saying? So that was a kiss of life, bro. I don't know. Uh, speaking of do 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 do, John, why don't you explain the the Drake drama uh, that happened? Uh, you know, in between our last podcast episode. Please, okay, please break so this down. Drake did Drake shit. You feel me? Like he basically signed this woman, flew out her and her boyfriend, who's an artist too, you know what I mean? And then snatched her ass up, bro. You know, you know, like this very, very Drakey. But <laughs> apparently they were together eight years. She, you know, and, and she told him. And then she writes a ballad basically telling him like, you know, I hope you, you, you know, you live a good life after me. You know what I mean? Which is to me, savagery. You know what I mean? Cause like, don't just leave me alone. I don't need you to go out and write a song about you about this and don't in any way. And so <laughs> I saw this on Twitter, looked at his page and this motherfucker out here doing parkour and capoeira, <laughs> backflips and all types of shit, dog. And I'm like, like this man really got him training for, these training to get jumped by Drake's security. You know what I mean? He's training very hard to get shot, probably. <laughs> and I'm like, my nigga, what is all this shit, bro? He's doing all these backflips and shit through like two punches, maybe a kick here and there. <laughs> and bro, like none of that's going to outrun that motherfucking 40, bro. You feel me? Like, no, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. You, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for him because he, he deep down he had to have known, right? His girl's a baddie and she was going to be, you know, holed up in some studio sessions with Drake. You had to have known, dog. You had to have known that was coming. And then all them damn backflips ain't going to ain't going to erase that, buddy. Bro, can we say this, though? When we saw the I sent y'all the picture. Yeah, we get it. Drake yeah. did what Drake was supposed to do. Well, she did what she was supposed to do too. I mean, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, but like, but she's yeah, yeah. she. You you mentioned in the group chat, she's the exact age where it was just like, she knew she she knew it was happening the moment she. Oh yeah, she, oh yeah. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. She was like, oh, we're going to the studio. And <laughs> also, cool. that back flipping ass nigga probably square as fuck if we keeping it a stack, dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he 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 has. I don't know if y'all saw the his on his page. He has a picture of him on a plane holding like was wine and he goes no champagne poppy that's the, the <laughs> that nigga living in your brain rent free yeah, nigga. that boy hurt. you gotta let that hair go nigga you out here sick with your square ass all them damn backflips and drake just walked in there lit the joint watched invincible with your lady and poked her by the fucking fourth episode my nigga you know what i mean get the fuck out of here g and then word got out that they were, were engaged for eight years. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, come on. That's an easy kill right there. Right, right, like Drake, right, right. <laughs> right. Drake didn't even have to work too hard for that, I'm sure. Low-key, maybe Drake didn't work. Maybe she did it. Yeah. You feel me? Maybe. With that square-ass nigga, she was like, let me try to see what these motherfuckers talking about. You feel me? Eight and, years and she, is a long time. Yeah. But, but she, but dude, bro, you can't, you got you to gotta ring that. Bro, she like eight feet, bro. Her foot bigger than mine. 
You saw how thick she was, dude. You got to, hey, bro, she, <laughs> there's only like four of her on the planet, bro. <laughs> you, bro, you got to keep that one. <laughs> I, I think he tried. <laughs> I, man, yo, you, I don't know, we don't know what's going on either because she might have like, yeah, I don't know. They met, she was like 26. They've been here like eight years. So like, like that's some high school shit, bro. That's, that's, that, I feel bad for that man. The the backflips worked like the song like, was the when she writes this song, bro. That's enough. You know what I mean? She can like, sing too. She talented. <laughs> she, it was a beautiful song. Wrote a beautiful song on the back of your pain, not hers. If you're gonna tell me you love me, don't cheat on me. If you're gonna cheat on me, please don't write a song about it. And don't you know I mean? right, 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 right. Oh come on, man. The song was beautiful though. That shit gonna slap when they put that beat up under that thing though. You feel me? <laughs> That's gonna get a Listen, lot of bro, play you, in Jethro's house. <laughs> Listen, bro, you were you were engaged. You were engaged for eight years. You were engaged for eight years, and your fiance was gonna be alone with Drake. You you should have known to fire up the Tinder profile as soon as, as soon as those dates got put on the calendar, bro. It was a wrap, man. Tighten that hinge up, my boy. <laughs> get that hinge popping. You know what I mean? Uh, that, you know what I'm saying. John just brought up Invincible. Uh, Tyler and I talked about it last week, but uh, I did, now that we've all seen it, because John John's finished it, I wanted to ask you guys, whose nickname is less appropriate, Invincible or The Immortal? Um, I, I guess Invincible is probably more appropriate because even though he does get his ass beat all the time, he doesn't necessarily die. Immortal be dying, dog. <laughs> Immortal has died twice in one he season. Yeah, but he dies twice and then he comes back. So that's wild. Both of them got, I mean, but bro, Immortal got his head chopped off. Then he got his whole waist chopped off. You feel yeah. me? Like he got, he got chicken wing, like, like how you separate the, <laughs> the, the drumstick from the flat. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dog, I don't, I, what was really wild to me though, was that fucking, like, I have literally never seen a scene like that subway scene. And I think they, we talked about this with, uh, what's that, what's that horse show? That we used to fuck oh, Jack with Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. It was too depressing for it to be an actual TV show because it would like nobody could have enjoyed it with actual humans. You know what I mean? And I think like if they did see even even if it was CGI, we knew it was fake. If we saw actual humans and not cartoons in that fucking subway scene, that I, I might have right. I might have been automatic vomit. Yeah, for sure. Like the re, the human reflex, you would would have been uh, irresistible to just barf all over yourself. My sister doesn't even like cartoons. She loved Invincible. She said that scene. She said, "Dude, she's a doctor." She one time she saw a car wreck where the dude's eyebrow was up by its hair, like the hair, his hairline, and she gagged watching that cartoon scene. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah. I mean, that shit was that was some heavy shit, bro. That's what Invincible does. Like it, it is very non-discriminant with who it kills, which is how shit would be in real life, right? Like in the in the comic book movies and all that. You know, the mom and the and, and the kid are gonna always get saved, but not in Invincible. You're Invincible is gonna be fucking holding that mom's arm after the building falls on her. You know what I mean? That was really sad when he said, "What would you have?" He said, "I have I have you." That low key kind of made me tear up a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That that same he was like he, he like somebody said he beat his own humanity out of his son. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, like that, that is, but he had me kind of feeling embarrassed to be a human for a second. I'm like, damn, we really ain't shit though. Like <laughs> the way he was talking, I'm like, bro, we hella basic when you talk like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? But that, that shit was great, bro. I'm glad y'all hit me to that. I appreciate y'all. 
I want to publicly get on here and say thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you figured out the mute button on your headphones last oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could enjoy it uns, yeah. unspoiled. Because you had to experience that last episode. The end of the first episode and the last episode, you have to experience that, like, with a fresh, unwrinkled brain. You know the what I mean? The first episode, like, stuck a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, plugged right into me. Like, at the end of it, I'm okay. I'm here forever now, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, but that last episode was like, like, oh, okay. You know, it, it really let me show, let me see like what type of show this is truly gonna be, you know? Um, okay, our last story, and I love science stories like this. I think uh I think all three of us do. Did you guys see how uh technology that was developed? to help people scan pastries could end up being a huge part of the cure for cancer. Well, okay. What was that? Tyler, did you see the story? No, no. To, to scan pastries. Okay. So in Japan, they sell, uh, they sell uh, like fresh pastries of like different sizes and types is a huge part of the culture. So you walk into a store and they're going to have like a grocery store. 90 different varieties of these things, right? And the problem that they were having was you can't put them in packages because that's not how people want them. They want them fresh. Mm. So you're going to make it, you're going to put it there. But that would require the cashier to have memorized every single different kind of thing and what its price is. Mm -hmm. So this huge, like this uh, like grocery store chain basically contracted a company called BrainCo to create a product called bakery scan, which is a scanning thing instead of a, a barcode scanner, like we have it, you know, Walmart target, mm -hmm. whatever you just run the bakery items underneath it. And it goes, okay, this is a croissant. This is a crawler. This is the little squishy shit, whatever. This cost this, this cost this, this cost this. And it worked perfectly. And someone read about it in the medical tech field and went, if it could tell the difference between these things there's no reason we couldn't hook it up to a microscope to tell the difference between other things so it has now been tested to be able to identify cancerous cells at the microscopic level with 99 percent accuracy <laughs> so the this fucking bakeries this is why that was used and now you know the name of the product is bakery scan and you may in the future be having it tell you whether or not <laughs> your biopsy is coming back with cancer. In a hundred years, that'll be normal, right? And then this story of how it came about will be like legend. Well, this is how, you know what I mean? I think that's so wild. I think it's, it's true purpose was the can cancer shit. It just happened to be used for bakery shit initially. You know what I mean? Like, it's so weird how that happens in life, but that's crazy as hell. That's 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 kind of how shit works a lot in the medical industry, though, like breakthroughs that you don't see coming from, from where you expect them to come from. Like like mm -hmm. penicillin, dude, penicillin was a whole ass accident. Like the dude left some Petri dish and went on fucking vacation and came back and there was mold in his shit. And he was like, wow, this mold is really fucking up these, you know, viruses in here. This, this, well, this, this this bacteria in here. And now that led to saving fucking hundreds of millions of lives. So that's kind of how shit works, man. That's interesting, though. So, so we're not as smart as we think we are then, huh? <laughs> well, we accidentally yeah. figure out cool. But we things. did figure it out. Yeah, that's so true. that's true. That's but it true. just uh, what we need is basically if you're out there listening to this show while you're working in a lab, and we have actually heard from a couple people where that's the case. And I know lab work is the boringest shit in fucking history. 
uh, throw some bread into whatever it is that you're working on, bro. <laughs> Just see what happens. Maybe it becomes moldy and kills a virus. Maybe you scan the bread and it cures cancer. <laughs> All right, uh, that's our show. Pastry, uh, saving humans. Fucking Hawaiian bread. Thank God for it. Save I mean, my life as a kid. Shit, <laughs> I lived off that shit. <laughs> uh, that's all the time we got. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for fucking with us. The playoffs are coming. Getting ready to take on spring. Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.